to another episode of Sean Ned's Do Baseball. I'm Sean. And I'm Ed. And we're doing some baseball. Uh, Remotely. Happy New Year. Uh, yeah, happy yeah New of Year. course. Remotely this year. Yeah, time. Full, full lockdown. No Alliston studio. No Toronto studio. Just uh, us on our computers. Uh, wishing everybody a happy New Year. Uh, wishing the world is a better place in 2021. Uh, 2020 wasn't our problem. We are our problem. We can solve it. Uh, just don't be dicks. <laughs> okay. There, there's Sean soapboxing for the uh, intro of the podcast. Welcome to our exactly. bi-weekly baseball history podcast. Yeah. yeah, I guess I could have got to all that stuff. We are bi-weekly baseball history podcast where two friends share stories from baseball's past. That is correct. You can follow can us on follow Twitter us? at uh, Doing Baseball and on Instagram at Doing Dot Baseball. Uh, find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, and uh, of course, thanks for listening. And uh, thank you for encouraging your friends to listen. If you've uh, taken the time to do that, we appreciate it very much. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, looking forward to a good year. I'm excited, Edzie. I think I looked in my phone and I had something like 92. Uh, story ideas that doesn't necessarily mean they'll all pan out but i'm like fuck we got a lot of story ideas that's a lot more Uh, than me i'll admit i mean (laughs) i i have a lot don't get me wrong but 92 good for you well i mean you should send some of those over here i know i started categorizing them by by uh not I guess decades or eras or whatever too, uh, and whether it's about a player about a team. Regardless, uh, we're getting our shit together. We're looking really, really much forward to uh, recording a lot this year. We're gonna keep it every other week. We might toss in the odd uh, shorty episode somewhere in the middle, but that's twenty six episodes you can look forward to uh, this year. And uh, super stoked! This is episode thirty three, I believe. This is thirty two. Uh, it's thirty three. Uh, you're right. It's thirty. Okay, I'm it's like thirty two. It, it, yeah, it's if 32. you don't count the uh, the Rube Waddell extra innings episode. No, the extra innings. Those are their own thing. That doesn't right. count as an episode number. So you're sharing a story with me. Uh, I have no idea what you're about to tell me. Uh, I'm super excited about it. You got you got anything to preface this story? Not really. I don't, have no? any, I don't have any hints. I guess like my intro to the story that I've written here sort of prefaces it a little bit. And uh, I'm going to say, I'll just start it now saying uh, this might be a sh- story that doesn't have too much length. It, it actually ended up being longer than I anticipated. But anyway, this one might be short and sweet. Now, that's a pun. Okay. Yeah. And uh, before yeah. I get into it, I want to ask you, Sean, if you have a sweet tooth. I do not. You I'm don't? not a big sweet tooth guy. No, I mean I I like I like dark chocolate. That's my jam. Okay, so d- does your palate your your slight palate for sweet flavors ever crave the taste of the famous Tootsie Roll? 
Fuck no. Okay, I didn't think so. so I, I don't think many people, when they think of, oh yeah, my sweet tooth, I just keep chucking back the Tootsie Rolls every night. I know. So you wouldn't like to have one million Tootsie Rolls? No. No, that sounds like a nightmare. Okay. I don't remember the last time I ate a Tootsie Roll. I guarantee you it was some, some dick that put it in my bag on Halloween, so <laughs> I was probably like 11 or 12 Maybe 13 last time I did that. So, because there's no way I'd buy it for myself and I would disown my parents if they ever bought it to give children. That's extreme. Give two children. That's extreme. Yeah. But I, but I have I, strong feelings. But I, I can attest to that. The Tootsie Roll was always the leftover candy that ended up thrown out at the end of uh, it, my Halloween bag every year. And like every year, you're like, I'll just give it a try just to see if it tastes good. And it never tastes good. It never. <laughs> yeah, maybe my maybe my palate has changed. Nope, incorrect. Anyway, so so you weren't you and I both are uh, those who wouldn't enjoy one million Tootsie Rolls. But uh, let me answer the question for you: that if someone did want to acquire uh, a sack of the chocolate flavored taffy like candies enough to populate a city, how would they do it? Well, it's a matter of timing, Sean. All right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I have no idea where this is going. We're going in and this is another food episode, buddy. Oh, fuck you. Okay. <laughs> okay. In the early 1970s, Mark Sackler, a recent college graduate armed with his first electronic calculator, began to add up all of the total runs scored by the American and National League using the information he pulled from the 2,338 pages of his baseball encyclopedia. Wow. Yes, he found that someday in 1975 would be the one upon which the one millionth run in baseball history would be scored. So he in 1975... He realized this was going to happen? Well, it's, it, it's not clear here, but at some point in the 70s, he started doing the math and realized that the law of averages was, um, or the trend was showing that the run would, would, pro would probably have been scored in 1975. So he's like, holy shit, this is about to happen. Right. So after stumbling upon this golden nugget, Sackler sought out a promoter and the two tried to sell their idea as a baseball celebration. At first, they tried to get McDonald's behind it, but Ray Kroc, who owned the San Diego, San Diego Padres, was uninterested. Kroc had a sort of love-hate thing going with baseball. During his first game as owner, he ran into the press box in the eighth inning grabbed the microphone from the public address announcer and announced, quote, I have never seen such stupid ball playing in my life. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, I did. The first game. Just, yeah, just <laughs> imagine you're just in the stands like, who the hell's that? It's the McDonald's guy. <laughs> it's Ronald McDonald himself. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen such stupid. Did he know what baseball was before he bought the team? I assume not. It's it doesn't seem that way anyway. Okay, so McDonald's is out. Who's up next? The search was short. Enter Tootsie Roll. 
Tootsie Roll had been around since 1896. Leo Hirschfield sold the original can. It, Go it ahead. It tastes like it was invented in 1896. <laughs> yes, yes. Like, we haven't changed the recipe at all. It's still made in the same barrel that has some pig shit in it. Did you know that Tootsie Roll's recipe calls for the previous day's batch to be mixed in with the next day's batch? So, in theory... Uh, a piece of the original Tootsie Roll is in with every Tootsie Roll that you eat. Which is uh, fucking disgusting. disgusting. Yeah, it is disgusting. Yes. So <laughs> Just take the leftovers, mix it in. It's fine. Yep. It tastes better. That's We'll just tell everybody that's why we do it. So uh, you always get a little bit of the old stuff. That's what they do. Okay, Leo Hirschfield sold the original candy for a penny in his New York shop and named them Tootsie Roll after his nickname for his daughter, Clara. But executives had this sense that the time was right for a major expansion in the 70s. The company hired Stan Musial and held a contest for fans to guess who would score baseball's one millionth run. The winner of the contest would get 496 different prizes. Which is the what? most arbitrary what? number right. and the most insane number of prizes I've ever heard. I don't know what all the prizes were, but anyway, the, there were 496 prizes if you, a fan, could correctly predict which player in the league would score the one millionth run. So it's the guy scoring the run, touching yeah. home plate, yes. not, not driving in the run. Right. All right. Right. So you could get, like, it could be your first at bat, you get hit by a pitch, and then Frank Robinson hits a triple, and you somehow do this. That's correct. All right. That's correct. So it's very tough to guess who the hell that's going to be. Right. Could be anybody. There was much at stake besides just a slice of oddball lore. Publicity. A Seiko watch worth $1,000, a million pennies that would go to a baseball charity, which was $10,000, and at the time, the league minimum was $16,000. So just to kind of give you an idea. All um, right. All right. Uh, the lucky player would also receive 1 million Tootsie Rolls. The player would? The player. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Why would the player? So the fan gets... 496 something goddamn prizes. You give a million pennies, which is $10,000 to a charity, and then some random major league player is just going to get a dump truck of Tootsie Rolls backed up to his house. That's right, but I would argue, how do you know that the four, one of the 496 prizes wasn't also 1 million Tootsie Rolls? <laughs> yeah, but because if that... Like, it would probably would, be mentioned. I thought you were going to... I thought you were going to tell me that whoever guessed that number would get 1 million Tootsie Roll, and now it's the player getting 1 million Tootsie Roll and the 400 and... All right, this is getting wild. Keep it going. Yeah, quote, What could be more American than baseball and Tootsie Rolls? Stan the man asked. Fair question. <laughs> a drone strike and a diabetes. <laughs> Fair answer. Uh, the Seiko company, <laughs> who helped sponsor the contest as well, installed run counters in every ballpark so that people could follow with exact could follow with exactly how many runs had been scored. How close was baseball getting to the one millionth run? There was another giant run scoreboard placed in front of the Time Building in New York. So it's it's a countrywide thing, and there's there's 
clocks that count up to the 1 million and there's clocks that count down, you know, this many runs until 1 million. And basically it's the equivalent of uh, nowadays it would just be a Twitter account yes. that everyone would follow. That's right. But they just have it up uh, all these cities and stuff counting down. That's right. It probably it was probably very expensive to run this and you'll kind of get an idea uh later on. Uh the Yankees media relations director and later author Marty Apple said, "Quote, I think there was a level of interest in it that you might uh not expect. It somehow got people's interest." Folks were curious, recalls L. Gordon, now the chairman and CEO of Tootsie Roll Industries Incorporated, and the promotion generated lots of television and print coverage, quote, we got a lot of attention out of it, and it just seemed to fit in with Tootsie Roll. Joe DiMaggio drummed up support for Tootsie Roll's backing by uttering this much-reported phrase when someone wondered why the candy company was involved, quote, I ate my first Tootsie Roll when I was six. I don't know how that really explains why Tootsie Roll Thanks, is involved, Joe. but <laughs> and team... I molded them together and created a bat. <laughs> and teams wanted one of their own to score the fateful run too. Quote, we were hoping it was us, Apple said. We weren't winning pennants then, and it wouldn't would have been a nice moment. So, you know, as, as we've, uh, I, I'm not sure if we've talked about this uh, before, but the Yankees were uh, struggling in the early 70s or mid 70s. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that yeah. was, uh, that was the, when the A's were uh, rising to the, the, the top of the division. And That's right. Finley was excited that he was finally beating the Yankees because the Yankees had been so good in the 50s. That's right. That's right. Uh, okay, so there was a countdown in the Daily News and stories speculating on how it'd be scored. One story headlined, quote, Will Million Be a Steal? Wondered whether players would try to steal home to do it. So it's, I mean, it's that'd, obviously, be, that'd be pretty cool. It would be cool. <laughs> so, but it's all, you know, that's and just trying to illustrate that it's obviously big news if it's in uh, the New York Daily News and they're making speculations about, you know, it must be on everyone's mind if players are, you know, being well, considered be, the fact that they thing. may steal home for the millionth I mean, run. I mean, who doesn't I mean, want a million Tootsie Rolls? So. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> if you're a big fan back in 1975, I'm I'm sure there's not much else to do, and your main media sources are just pounding this away in your head. A million thread, and you're just if you're eight, it's like the Christmas in July or whatever month we're in. True, true. That's probably the case. Um, and here we go to illustrate uh, what we were talking about earlier about how it's probably expensive. Uh, there was a special countdown center set up in New York. To give you an idea of the technology in those days, the Countdown Center was a large teleconference connect was a large teleconference connected to a public relations person in each ballpark. The PR people would shout out the instant a run was scored. So every time a run was scored, they'd have to call New York and say, "This dude scored," someone, and they'd mark it down. Well, and if someone guessed. Once it was the million, I guess they would guess. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. But yeah, so they were ready. They were just setting it up, ready to go. I mean, that wouldn't really be necessary until you're like what, like within like a hundred runs or something, because you I think there's there's you know a dozen games at most being played at this time a night, and then you know average of seven eight runs a game, maybe I don't know, maybe more. Yeah, uh, exactly. 
Probably yeah, not so back I then. Mean, it was probably, I feel like it, that was a lower scoring era. Well, yeah, well, no. Well, be interesting to see. It would All be. Right, totally different episode. Yeah, so <laughs> anyway, then on May 4th came the big day. Oh, my God. Uh, a little more than 50,000 fans crowded Riverfront Stadium in Cincinnati that day. Wait, damn it. What? I'm going to guess. I want to guess. Okay. You already just gave away one part, so I'm going to say Johnny Bench. You think Johnny Bench was the guy? Well, yeah. You should, I, I don't know. I was I was going to say Cal Ripken Sr., but then you said Riverfront Stadium, so uh, was Ripken I think Senior, that's... Was Ripken Sr. a, a red? No, he wasn't. You mean that's Griffey? what I'm saying? You, you, you gave you gave away you gave me a hint with Riverfront oh, okay. Stadium. I see. So then I changed it from Ripken Senior to Johnny Bench. So you think it's Johnny Bench? That's my total shot in the dark guess. Totally just just throwing that out there. You owe me a million Tootsie Rolls if if I get it right. It's a pretty good guess, man. Thank you. Okay, so Riverfront Stadium, Cincinnati. The Reds at the height of their big red machine days. The Braves were in town, and the two teams faced off in an afternoon contest on the Sunday getaway day. The Reds took an early lead in the first inning. Dave Concepcion ran out an infield single to third base, and then advanced to second on a balk by Phil Necro, pitching to Joe Morgan. Morgan struck out. Huh? Necro. R.I.P. Yes, that's, yes, R.I.P. Uh, Morgan struck out, and Concepcion then scored on a single by Johnny Bench. In the fourth, the Braves got a rally going against Don Gillett after Mike Lum was retired on a fly ball. Earl Williams doubled and then scored on a double by the next batter, Vic Carell. So they trade places, right? So none of, none of these are the millionth one. No, no. And it's 1-1. One, one. Carell moved to third on a single by Larvell Banks and then scored on a sack fly by the pitcher Necro. Ralph Gar flew out to end the inning. So now it's 2-1 for Atlanta. Not at the millionth run yet. Across the country, on the windy shores of the San Francisco Bay, the Houston Astros were were paying a visit to Candlestick Park in a contest against the Giants. Fans this Sunday were treated to a doubleheader as the previous day's game had been rained out. John Montefusco took the mound for the Giants and started strong, retiring the Astros 1-2-3 to start the first. Dave Roberts, on the hill for the Astros, struggled slightly, surrendering, surrendering two walks, but still left the frame unscathed and put up a zero to match Montefusco. Which is another awesome name, by the way. Montefusco? John Montefusco. Oh my, yeah, never heard of him. But my God, I'm looking him up on baseball reference as soon as we're done. He had a pretty uh, respectable career pitching for the Giants. That's good. I mean... Pitching for the Giants in an era where they weren't very good as well. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. I was going to say, upon the fact that I was not born for another 13 years after this story... Uh, yeah, it's just sometimes, you know, I know about the big red machine. I know about the A's. I know about the Yankees of the late seventies. Don't know shit about the giants at the time. Yeah. Same here. But what we do know based on like our stories, your stories about the A's and my story about the giants nearly moving to Toronto because they were bad at that time, you know? Yeah. 
they were just hot garbage. I mean, you never hear about the bad teams. Nobody in nobody in twenty thirty five is going to be like coming up to us and being like, "Oh man, remember Chris Davis with the Orioles all those years?" <laughs> like, no, it's uh, not going to happen. Well, it's not. It, we'll live to forget that. Yeah, or somebody's going to be like, "Hey, hey, remember?" Uh, <laughs> Who am I, Starling Castro on the on the <laughs> Miami Marlins in 2019? <laughs> okay, where are we going with this? I don't know. I don't let's know. go. Okay. I want this millionth run. Yeah. I'm excited. Well, let's get back in here then. Back in Cincinnati, uh, Necro found a groove and sat down. Sorry, Necro? Yes, that's right. Yeah, Necro found a groove and sat down the Reds one, two, three in the bottom half of the fourth. A textbook shut down inning. Daryl Evans took a walk in the top of the fifth, but was picked off at first, so there was no real threat to score before Gillett put another zero up on the board. In San Francisco, the game entered the second inning, and Montefusco, who looked to be dealing in the first, began to falter. He surrendered a walk to Houston first baseman Bob Watson and was unable to hold him at first when he stole second while Jose Cruz was batting. Cruz then walked, which brought catcher Milt May to the dish. Everyone at Riverfront in Ohio, everyone at Candlestick, and every baseball fan in the country that was paying attention for the matter saw the Seiko counter turn to 999,999. Or I suppose one on the countdown clocks. Yeah. Uh, Reds pitcher... Don Gillett was hitting. Dave Concepcion did some quick math in his head. If Gillett would make a quick out, he would be on deck. Pete Rose was scheduled to hit in front of him. He needed Rose to make an out if he wanted to have a chance to score that millionth run. I like that players are like thinking about things. I want those Tootsie Rolls, man. <laughs> And you'll see, you'll see later on. It seems that uh, Concepcion really wanted those, uh, those, uh, those uh, Tootsie Rolls. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Necro retired Gillett and Pete Rose, both on ground balls and now face Concepcion, looking to head back to the dugout with another one, two, three inning for his line. Conception swinging out of his fucking shoes here. Let's go. Dave had visions of chocolate taffy dancing in his head, <laughs> and he knew exactly what he had to do. He looked up at the, it, he he looked up at that run counter, saw that it was still one shy of a million, and then on the first pitch, he swung as hard as he could at a knuckle ball that didn't quite knuckle. As soon as he hit it, he knew it was gone. Fucking right. Yeah. <laughs> the crowd went absolutely crazy, and Concepcion then went into what was almost certainly the fastest home run trot in baseball history. Okay, I just want to point out here, I just pulled it up. This is 1975, right? Right. He hit five home runs that year. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Concepcion's not a power hitter. No, no. My God, I love it. <laughs> I love it so much. Like, if he just swung all the time. Yeah. Like he was if he was always it. swinging for a million Tootsie Rolls, he could have been the greatest power hitter of all time. 
Yeah, instead he just settled for, you know, like uh, five-time gold glove, nine-time all-star, two-time silver slugger, and AL, a, a, all-star MVP, not AL MVP. <laughs> yeah, no big deal. No big deal. <laughs> uh, the crowd went absolutely crazy, and Concepcion then went into what was almost certainly the fastest home run trot in baseball history. He absolutely sprinted around the bases with the cheers ringing in his head. The ten grand already spent. <laughs> I don't know if he realized that it was going. I don't know if he realized that it was going to a charity at this point. He's like, I can't wait. I just doubled my salary, man. <laughs> he could taste those tootsie rolls. Quote for my baby. He screamed out as he crossed home plate. For my baby. <laughs> <laughs> like what? you're a major league baseball player. <laughs> like, I guess you can afford the dentistry that it's going to cost, but like, just buy them. The Reds players mobbed him. The Seiko scoreboard turned to one million, but not for Concepcion. Whoa! You did not just do that to me. <laughs> Remember, in San Francisco, there are two men on base and Milt May is at the plate. May, who had a pretty respectable 15-year career in the big leagues, was not known as a power hitter, carrying a slash line of 247, 287, 316 that year, which is like a 603 OPS and a 74 OPS plus, so not not so good. Uh May also saw the counter drop to one and decided, I'm swinging. And swing he did, at nearly the exact same moment as Concepcion on the shores of the Ohio River in Cincinnati. May hit one of only 77 home runs in his 15-year career. And Bob Watson was the lead runner on second with a two-base head start over the Reds' all-star. Quote, I was not a power hitter. Maybe I should have had that approach more often, May later said from his post as hitting coach for the Orioles farm team in the Gulf Coast League. Watson began to trot home when the Astros players on the bench, who were aware of the situation in Cincinnati, thanks to a clubhouse television, began to scream, run, at Watson, who unknowingly was in a foot race with a man almost 2,400 miles away. Quote, I got to third base and our bullpen was right behind third and our guys were saying, run, run, run. Watson ran as fast as he could around third to the plate. Bob Watson scored, the man in San Francisco shouted to the New York Countdown Center. Four seconds later, the Cincinnati man screamed, Dave Concepcion scored. There was brief chaos. The timing was clear. The Watson news had come first but there had been a problem with the connection to Cincinnati. The line had gone dead for a few seconds, and nobody was sure if they had gotten the news on a slight delay. They replayed the tape. It was clear that Watson's name was said first. There was nothing to be done. Bob Watson had scored baseball's one millionth run. Quote, I think I beat Concepcion by like a second and a half. Watson recalled. Motherfucker. <laughs> Concepcion wanted it. <laughs> he took his glory. <laughs> he hit that. Like he, oh. <laughs> he mustered that from within. Yeah. <laughs> but then, on the other hand, so did May. Quote, 
I was the million and one, Concepcion says laughing. Quote, I was flying around the bases, but I didn't have time to score before Bob. I think I missed by eight yards. Still, Concepcion originally thought he had done it, and he says he and the Reds celebrated at the plate. Quote, then somebody said I came up short, he laments now. Just before those home run trots turned into sprints, both Chris Chambliss of the Yankees and the Twins' Rod Carew had a chance to score the millionth run, according to news reports, but both were thrown out at the plate. Whoa. Yeah. So they had two people thrown out at the plate at the same time that these home runs. Well, no, no, these these weren't at the same time, but like, oh, they were just just, just, just a little bit prior to this going oh, on. Okay. These oh, guys yeah. could have well, done. I guess it, that so. makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It didn't have to be at the same time. It could have been minutes or, or you know, hours earlier, as long as they were just sitting there. Well, well no, it, it obviously wasn't hours. Yeah, yeah it, it was. It, it, it could have been. It, it, it would have. It would have been less than a minute. I'm. I'm sure. Because yeah. that, so, so that's what I mean. That this is, is the, everyone around baseball, players included, obviously, were conscious of this, and that's what I'm saying. These two other guys that got thrown out at home plate were obviously you think they trying. Blew, they blew through the stop sign. That's There's what I'm no thinking. They blew that's through. what I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> they knew it. They bl- Rod Carew turned third base, and they were like, "Hold up, Rod!" And he was like, "Fuck you! Oh, I want those goddamn tootsie rolls." <laughs> you, oh my god! Imagine how much of a letdown that would be. Not only do you just blow the stop sign, but you just, you, yeah, you're like, ah, it was so close. Ah, I could have got those chocolate candy flavored taffy. <laughs> god damn it. <laughs> Okay, so Watson hit 324 and made his second All-Star team in 1975, but might not have had a chance at the milestone if not for a May 3rd rainout that forced a Sunday doubleheader and an early start, or if May hadn't seen the counter drop to one and decided, I'm swinging. Watson did not accept the Tootsie Rolls. What do you mean he didn't accept? Can you do that? Did he go to jail? It says right here on this card that he didn't. (laughs) Watson did not accept the Tootsie Rolls. Instead, directing them to the Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts of America. He did not want his four-year-old son and two-year-old daughter to have that much candy. But the watch... Unlike Concepcion, who was like, my baby's gonna eat them all! Yeah, for my baby. <laughs> I don't have to buy formula, he's just eating Tootsie Rolls. <laughs> uh, but the watch, solid platinum, is still a prized souvenir of Watson's terrific 19-year career. Quote, It's still in my safety deposit box, Watson says. I've never worn it. It came in a nice wooden box with a plaque on it. I would never sell it. It's one of a kind. As far as I'm concerned, when I leave the planet, my son or daughter, whichever wants it, I hope they keep it. That's so nice. I love that your cat is chiming in here, too. Can you hear him? (laughs) Oh, I can hear Everyone can hear him. That's Daniel Day-Lewis, not the famous actor, the famous kitty. The famous cat actor. Uh, Okay. Here's here's a terrible quote. Quote, <laughs> I'm glad to hear he's a clean living athlete, Richard Harshman, vice president of marketing and sales at Tootsie Roll said. Quote, what the f- quote, why would you <laughs> can't keep quoting? Quote, quote, we have to keep the image good for kids, 
Good for Tootsie Rolls. I know he's not blonde and blue-eyed, but he's my idea for an all-American. Was he black? He was black. <laughs> oh, God damn it! <laughs> just don't say anything about blonde and blue-eyed. Yeah, just, just shut the fuck up. You know? Just shut the fuck up. <laughs> just say, I'm glad he was a good guy. That's great. Don't need to go into, like, well, I mean, it would have been nice if he was Aryan looking. <laughs> yeah, for fuck's sake. Maybe like, don't think oh, those my... things. Back don't in... think those things. Back in Cincinnati, Dave Concepcion told the press, quote, tell them to send me a Tootsie Roll anyway. I came so close. <laughs> <laughs> Man liked his Tootsie Rolls. Yes. Yeah. Watson, now 69, went on to a long career in the game, including a stint as Yankees general manager when he became the first African-American general manager to win a World Series title in 1996. He's now the vice president of the baseball assistance team, the charity that helps former players. Watson said once, quote, It wasn't one of my goals as a player. It's just something along the way that is a unique happening. I just happened to be in the right place at the right time. So that's the story of uh, baseball's one millionth <laughs> run and the, pri- a- and the prize that uh, was in court. But of course, uh, it's, it's now understood and agreed upon now that neither Watson or Concepcion really scored the millionth run because... Wait, what? <laughs> well, because like now they've discovered old box scores and shit that weren't okay. around All right. when the dude did the math in the first place. So, you know, it was actually... It says here that the best estimate is that the millionth run was actually scored in 1970 by an anonymous player who wasn't awarded a single Tootsie Roll for his efforts. <laughs> That's that's ridiculous. That is absolutely one of the greatest stories that of food and baseball that I've ever heard in my life. I how did I not know about this? Cuz I wasn't born. But at the same point, <laughs> I have read so much about Concepcion and that 1970s period like Jesus, that is that was just next level. Yeah. It's a wild story, man. It was absolutely. I like it when was, you started talking about Tootsie Rolls, I'm like, they have nothing to do with baseball. When you said it was a food story, I was like, okay, going through I'm like hot dog, pure ballpark. I'm like, <laughs> all right, he's gonna talk about like peanuts and cracker jacks or like big league chew or like something like that. Man. I have a story <laughs> about big league chew in the in the chamber. Uh oh. just so you know. All right, all right. Well hold on to it. Keep it a little tight to the tight to the chest um no that is that was amazing that, that would have been a time to be alive like screw screw the the yankees dynasties of the 30s and 50s or or any of the the most amazing moments in base i i'd go back to see that tootsie roll <laughs> one million run campaign <laughs> that would have been fun and you know what though the thing is like we we take for granted our uh ability to watch several different games at the same time in this day. Oh yeah. And you think about back then, you know, it's unlikely that both of those games were televised. Yeah. At the same time. And much, and, and it's definitely impossible that you'd be able to, if you were able to watch one, you wouldn't be able to watch the other. Yeah. There's no way it would all be regional and maybe one was national, but that that's it. It would be absolutely, you'd be following it 
like day to day. Like mm-hmm. I know we follow things second to second right now. And as you say, we take that for granted. We can get like, you know, we have our MLB TV apps and stuff like that until they started blacking out Canada dicks. Um, but you know what I mean? <laughs> you could, you had all those, those, that ability to literally watch like four games at once on one screen and you could have another screen watching four games at once. And, in 1975, there's one TV in every house. Mm-hmm. It costs a million dollars. Uh, you're rich if you have it, especially if it's in color. And you have like four stations, and those four stations are all local or very national. So it, yeah. that's just it would be. I was been, thinking like it, there could be a chance that the Reds game would be a national broadcast, but I'm not. I'm yeah. not even sure. But sorry, sorry to interrupt your point there. No, I was going to say like imagine if it happened nowadays though. Like nowadays it would be like, we would know for sure, like second to second. And there would be a whole thing about like how many seconds in between the runs scored and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. The vagary of just like, well, he called me first. Well, here's, (laughs) here's a fun fact before we get out of here, before we plug the, the social medias again and get out of here. But, uh, yeah, the research I was doing and I I should look into it further and I, I will, but, um, the research that I was doing, some of the articles I was reading, was showing that the two millionth run was predicted to be at some point in 2020. And what? And I'm not. I don't remember hearing anything about it. So I'm. Have you called Tootsie Roll? So I'm no. But what I'm <laughs> guessing is that maybe it didn't happen because it was a shortened season. So maybe 2021 no is is the year that. Uh, the call two Tootsie millionth Roll. run happens. Stop talking to me and call Tootsie Roll. <laughs> Get yourself 496. I don't want it. Prizes. I don't want it. Yeah. Okay, let's predict who it'll be right now. Oh, shit. Oh, I'm going to go really weird. Give me a sec. All right. Do you have one off the top of your head? Uh, fuck. Cody Bellinger. See? Yeah. All right. I'm going to go uh, just, uh, all right. Oh, if it hasn't already happened yet, it could have very well already happened, but I doubt it has. And if it hasn't, my bet is Cody Bellinger. All right. I'm going to go just, uh, uh, I don't know why. Kyle Seeger, Kyle Seeger of the, uh, the Seattle Mariners. There you go. All right. He's going to do it. It's going to be a, it's going to be a sack fly and he, he sucks at running. It's going to be a close play at the plate, and uh, he's going to do it. It's going to make his younger brother proud. And, uh, yeah, no, I just I, – I want to say just, just Tootsie Roll, literally, the only way I associate it with baseball is it tastes as if you took somebody's dip and rolled it up in a rolling paper and then chewed on it for a little while or froze it, then chewed on it for a little while. That, that's my uh, that's my breakdown of, of what I find Tootsie Rolls taste like. I think like. you're treating it a little bit harshly, but I, I, do, I agree. I don't like the taste. But uh, follow us on Twitter <laughs> at Doing Baseball and Instagram at Doing Dot Baseball. Uh, you tune in next time and, and uh, hear me bash uh, cherished uh, penny candy again. Yes, so until next time. <laughs> I'm Sean and I'm Eds and, uh, and we were we were doing baseball okay. it was a fucking that was a great episode yeah. <laughs> all right okay, later, bye. everybody bye.